0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. I'm Louis Coppers, and it is an honor and a privilege to welcome not only the British Open, Australian Open, and our invested South African Open champion, Ashley Buhai. Ashley, that must sound really nice. A good ring to the ears. It sure does have a good ring to it. Did you imagine when last we spoke and you just won the British Open that uh, in the same calendar year you would have won three open championships on three different continents?
1: Um, no, definitely not, because I think at the time I wasn't even sure that they were gonna be in my schedule, but uh obviously I'm I'm really glad that I went down to Australia, I hadn't played there in three years, um and won that and then you know, I've always tried to come home and play the investor Guess so women's open when possible. Scheduling the last few years uh, just hasn't quite worked out as the dates have changed due to COVID, but luckily this year it
0: all fell back into place. Let's just talk about the tournament, if we may. Over four days ended on, on Saturday. You're making a habit of giving your fans, myself included, a little bit of a heart flutter down the back nine on the last day.
1: <laughs> I think everybody was a little more relaxed this time around in <laughs> such a big league. Um, yeah, you know, every time was. I'm in that situation... I learn a bit more um so and I become more comfortable with it um so yeah I like, although, you know, I made two bogeys in the back line, that was disappointing. But luckily, I, I had the lead and I knew I, they had to come chasing. So I just had to stick to my game and play smart golf to get the job done.
0: And I guess there's no better way than ending on a birdie on the 18th in front of your home crowd and your parents and everybody watching?
1: Yeah, obviously, it was a great way to end. It was nice that they'd put the tee forward um, on Saturday, final day, to give us a chance at going for the the green at Stienberg. Um, You know, it's playing downwind, but still... It's a demanding second shot and drive. you got to make sure you carry a um, penalty area off the drive. And then the pin was tucked over the water. So I just kind of played for the back left part of the green and uh, thought I'd made the long putt. Had a big horseshoe out and they managed to just tap it in for birdie and end on a high.
0: I know it's easy to say as a spectator, you're going into the final round a four-shot lead. You should, you know, be there at the end and win it. Mm-hmm. But it's never easy, is it, on the last day of a tournament, particularly in your own home country
1: no it's never easy I mean the whole week you know there was always going to be a lot of pressure on me to succeed um being you know one of the favorites playing with a big lead is never easy especially at Sternberg you know the scores were lower and I knew I had to go out and and come out hot um which is what I didn't do the day before so I was just glad I got off to a good start on that first day and obviously gave me the cushion I needed for the back line.
0: And you obviously came off for seventh place early in the month, the Sentosa mm-hmm. Golf Club. Um, did you feel that your game was right when you got here?
1: Yeah, I mean, my game's been trending for the last month and I It was my fourth week in a row. I kind of gone where I played in Saudi, the Ramco in Ladies International finished 23rd, then in Thailand the week after finished 10th, and then 7th. So I felt every week was getting a little bit better and I was trying to improve on something that wasn't quite right the week before. Um, And then my coach was with me in Cape Town, and the thing that needed a little tweaking was the putting and we tweaked that and then that's what eventually got me over the line
0: we hear golfers say it all the time we tweaked a little bit here and tweaked a little Mm -hmm. bit there explain a little bit more to us what that exactly means to a person that smashes the ball left and right all the time and a tweak won't make (laughs) much difference to our game
1: yeah um well it's all relevant to how we're playing and swinging you know i kind of felt that the two previous weeks if i'd hold a few more putts you know kind of could have been a what if um so my coach noticed that, you know, my hands were just drifting a little bit away, which made me strike a little bit more towards the heel. So therefore the ball's not going to roll like it should on line. So all we had to do was try and get my hands going through the ball a little bit straighter and therefore got the center strike that we were looking for. And, you know, the, the whole point of this game is to try and stop the ball on line. So that's what it did for me. Um, and it was likely a feeling that I could, you know, try and pick up pretty quickly and put into play very quickly which was helpful
0: but watching all four days i mean you were striking the ball quite beautifully
1: yeah i've been you know i've been swinging a while to be honest since last year um and you know, particularly since the australian open in december being my last tournament I and mean, then first tournament back this year on the lpga finished ninth and i've just tried to keep doing what i did then you know trying to continue those fields and not reinvent the wheel we know what's working at the moment so it's just a case of trying to you know just make sure that it's there every week and continue to have the same feels because obviously that is what's working at the moment.
0: And then I read uh, an article that you were suffering from a bit of a tummy bug as well during the week.
1: Yes, it was going around the tournament, unfortunately. And I woke up Friday evening, like around 12.30, Friday, and I started with it. So, you know, Friday was um, was a big grind for me to get through Friday. My energy was very low, like I said. My body kind of felt like jelly I hadn't eaten. Um, having my stomach being upset and nauseous um so mentally that day my mental side is what kind of got me through just to try and dig deep um and then luckily on saturday morning i woke up after good night's sleep and had more energy
0: and i'm sure there are many fans that were delighted about that actually let's just go all the way back i mean when i say you won young i mean you really did win young as Mm -hmm. an amateur and i'm sure as Mm -hmm. a young golfer Everybody has aspirations of delusions of grandeur, if I might say, and winning open championships Mm -hmm. and so on. But can you believe the last seven or eight months, what's gone on in your life and how your game has changed? And let's be honest, you're playing with a whole lot of youngsters around you, 17, 18, (laughs) 19-year-olds shooting 62. I mean, it's not easy, is
1: it? No, it's not easy. Um, You know, the game has gotten stronger. Girls are coming out young and better younger um you know and I think I said, you know I started winning young I think there was so much expectation for me to do what I've done now but just at a younger age so luckily it's finally happened and in the last five years I've really started to realize you know what I need to do um in more terms of play to my strengths not try to reinvent the wheel and It shows that it's worked. And even though I'm now 33, I am definitely in the prime of my career.
0: And as a veteran, because you really are in ladies' golf terms, Mm -hmm. uh, but in golf terms, I mean – tigers yeah. playing at 48 and winning tournaments or not necessarily tiger but others are winning tournaments at that age for mickelson won a tournament a major at a tender age of 50 odd but when you look at the youngsters coming through and particularly the south africans i'm sure you must have been pretty delighted to see some of the south african ladies at the investor SA open and how well they did
1: yeah it is it's fantastic to see uh, all the girls coming through particularly south africans it shows that what the sunshine ladies tour is doing is uh, contributing to them and their experiences and you know, it's so important to have game time. Um, You know, and obviously the tour has grown so much over the years and particularly Kaylee Telfer ended up finishing fifth. Um, you know, we've got the same coach, kind of being a bit of a, a mentor to her. She just finished college in the States. So I was super happy in particular just to see her do well in it. And it's only her first um, year playing on the Sunshine Ladies to a full time um, this week because of her finish last week she got into the ADT event in Singapore being in the top 10 so
0: I'm super excited to to see what her career holds and actually I've been looking at the, the scores over the years in the SA Open and 22 under par which is what you ended up with is mm-hmm. it what 15 shots almost better than the best score previous to that. What was the difference <laughs> really? between the previous years it was over three rounds as over four rounds, but still yeah. 22 mm-hmm. under is incredible.
1: Yeah, you know, the weather was kind to us for most of the week. Um, my first day, I had a little bit of rain, but the course played soft, so it allowed you to be aggressive and there wasn't much wind. And obviously in Cape Town, the wind is the defence. So, you know, Wednesday was great. Thursday morning, those that went off didn't have its particularly nice they had some wind and rain but luckily for me it cleared up and you know with not much wind and soft conditions it
0: calls for a lot of birdies and that of course allowed the course to play a little bit softer and you could hit it at the pins right or wrong
1: yeah you could yeah exactly you could stay aggressive you know you could throw it at the pin and it wouldn't release more than one or two meters so you know, if you were willing to take it on you got rewarded
0: let's talk about a couple of weeks or so after the uh, the british open when we spoke to you and i still mentioned mm-hmm. it to you how the pressure, I guess, is going to get you and all the attention that you're going to get. You went off to Canada and didn't have the greatest tournament there. How did you overcome that? I won't call it sudden fame because we've always thought of you as you know, the Gary player of ladies' golf and the Sally Little Mm -hmm. of of ladies' golf. But outside of the country, the attention that you were receiving, did it affect your game much or did it just make you stronger and better?
1: Um, Yeah, I think for the first time my career I just uh, received a lot more attention outside of South Africa obviously I've always been used to having it here so it took some getting used to but more so like it was just a case of it took me so long to get over the British in terms of having energy and to play again and also you know you got to almost put it aside and be like okay it's fantastic what i've done it's fantastic what i've achieved but you never want to forget it but every time you step up at a tournament it's a new week and you've got to kind of block out what happened that week because you're at a new week and you got to focus so you know that took a little while um to just kind of get used to and i feel like you know probably only from what august i won and then november i really started to find my feet again and then that showed i finished the pga season strong and then went to australia and won and i think since winning in australia gave me the confidence you know what that's not a once-off I've done it soon after I was able to reproduce the same feeling soon after and win again against a a good field in Australia under pressure in front of crowds so I think that was just for me like the icing on the cake to go well well this is not going to be a once-off you can do this over and over.
0: And we speak to sportsmen and sportswomen week in and week out on the show. And I always like to ask the question about what happens between your ears. Mm-hmm. And I guess after winning British and then Australian, a lot's different between your ears now, isn't it?
1: No, of course. You always say, you know, I always believed I could win. You always hope, but you're wondering if it's going to happen. But until you actually do it, then the belief is on another level. Um, you know, so I know that every week if I try and, you can never recreate those exact moments or swing thoughts or feelings. But if I can be within a similar ballpark and try have that sort of game that I played those weeks and the same thoughts um, and more focused on process instead of worried about the outcome, then hopefully at the end of the week, I'll give myself a good chance to be in the mix to win a tournament.
0: And the demands, of course, on you from your sponsors, from the events themselves, from the media, from people like myself Mm -hmm. increases every time you win another event yeah uh,
1: obviously it's a good problem to have (laughs) but it's all about time management and learning to manage your time especially obviously last week my first time playing back in South Africa since winning the British since winning Australian um, a lot of people were wanting a piece of me I hadn't seen so many people in so long so I, I came in basically late, only at a day's prep and started the tournament. I had to really manage myself well last week that once I left the course, I just really tried to switch off and and get away from it and just enjoy being back in South Africa and being, being home.
0: Obviously, hearing the accents and seeing your friends and family must have been fantastic. But also, credit must go to the greenkeepers and taking your attention away from all of that once you got onto the golf course. I mean, it's magnificent, isn't it?
1: Oh, it was. I mean, the views around there and the condition that the course was playing I mean, it was just top-notch. Um, and I hadn't played Stilberg since I was 12 years old, so I don't remember it. And I'd only played the back nine as the pro. So I went out on that first day playing the front nine, Blonde. And I think it kind of showed, you know, I played the front nine in my front nine, which was the back nine in 29. And then maybe just kind of steered it around a little on... And- the back nine um but you know, once i kind of got familiar with the course i just loved it more so every day i played it
0: and of course as you mentioned uh, the wind pretty much stayed away which of course is a hell of a leveler on that golf course the other, the other thing always great i guess to have your husband on the bag again is particularly winning an sa open
1: yeah always special to be able to you know win a tournament with him on the bag um you know we've we've done it a few times but it never gets old and it's you know to be able to experience that feeling together it's, it's fantastic
0: how do you tell your husband you're not going to be on the bag for the next big one? How does that work?
1: No, no, he's very happy. I said, we were very good with one off-campus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know what works. We both, I think in general, though, from when we worked together for eight years, we're both, I'm a different player. He's a way more experienced caddy. So when we do work together now, it is very much business and emotions are aside. Um, whereas when you're working together for eight years, day in and day out, it's hard to sometimes separate the two. But, you know, we... We like to have fun on the course now. It's a bit more relaxed. And, you know, I still trust him more than anybody probably on the golf course.
0: When we look at South African ladies' sport at the moment, it's really right in the crest of a wave. The netball World Cup coming up. We've just mm-hmm. had the under-19 Cricket World Cup, the under-the full-blown uh, uh, Ladies' T20 World Cup in this country. Mm-hmm. And the South African team getting to the final. Do you get much of the news overseas while you're away? Do you still follow the the events in this country?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, Unfortunately, you know, with the time change, it always makes it difficult being in the U.S. most of the time. And then when the T20 was on, we were in Asia. So I remember being, oh, man, I've got to watch the final, but only got to see uh, the last, like, six overs, which was disappointing. But I was so impressed to see how, you know, full Newlands was and how everybody came out to support um and i just think you know it's so fantastic how finally women in this country and sports are getting the recognition that they deserve
0: talk about the other ladies on the tour and what you say to them about south africa because obviously there's a lot of bad press with things that are going mm. on here with load shedding and the economy but i guess yeah. once you bring them out here and you show them Sternberg and and maybe the odd game reserve and I know there's a few mm-hmm. lions and hippopotamuses running around mm-hmm. the streets of Joburg, which we we'll always joke about. But this is the most magnificent and beautiful country that there is. It's not difficult to promote it, is it?
1: It's really not. Um, You know, and also for me, every time, I haven't been to Cape Town in three years. So it was like so cool for me to be able to go back and you almost feel like a tourist in your own country. You know, the beauty of it. Um you can't, there's no place like it in the world. And I say we have so much to offer and we've brought friends out numerous times on, they've come out for holidays and they all go back saying it's the best holiday they have ever had. So, you know, we still have a lot to offer. It's just trying to get people here is the initial part.
0: Okay. So I guess a little bit of a holiday in our beautiful country before you get back onto the tour. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm just back in Joburg for six days uh, to see some friends and family and then heading back back off to the states
0: and then what is the next tournament uh, for you the LP- lpga drive on champs or are you going to give that a miss
1: correct lpga drive on and then the do implants i'll play two weeks in a row and then i'm taking two weeks off
0: do you find that you're able to now do that because of the stature and the events you've won in the last six to eight months
1: it certainly helps um i've always been one to play a lot of golf but, you know, as I'm getting older, my body doesn't like to play more than four weeks in a row. Um, You know, the fatigue mentally is also gets there, especially when you're playing well. So it's nice to be able to have that comfort and cushion to know why well, I can miss a week and it's not going to have any effect on, you know, my ranking because I'm exempt for five years. But, you know, we have to play well to get into the year in CME. So you need to make sure that you're always keeping notes of that because you don't want to take too much time off and then it's too hard to play your way back into that. So, you know, I'm still going to play... Those tournaments in the two weeks off, I'm only missing one tournament, so I'm never gonna I'm never gonna take two full weeks off and miss two tournaments unless it's due to an injury
0: or some sort. But that five year exemption must be even more important than any of the titles you've won.
1: Yeah, I mean it's job security for five years. It's something we don't really have in our sport. You know, every year you're playing to keep your job unless you win, which is a lot of pressure in its own. So. You know, I can go and play free golf and not really have to worry about having to do that anymore.
0: Obviously, defending the British Open is going to be uh, one of the key uh, tournaments on your schedule. What else mm-hmm. do you look forward to? I mean, have you got a bucket list for the next year? I mean, how do you beat the last seven months?
1: Um, again, it comes back to, you know, I think there's bucket lists, but also you don't want to be too focused on outcomes, Um because that's, I feel, where we got to last time. And you're so focused on trying to win a tournament that you forget the process. So obviously, there's all the big tournaments. There's the majors. You want to play well and compete in those. Um, US Opens at Pebble Beach this year, which will be very special. It's the first time we're ever playing there. Um, so that'll be cool. But again, every week that I go into, I just have to focus on my processes and not so much the outcome. Because once I start to focus so much on the outcome, it creates more internal pressure and then that's when I just don't
0: play well. And obviously you're in the top twenty in the world right now and to get up those Mm -hmm. rankings the quicker the better.
1: Yeah, of course. Um I saw yesterday that I've now moved up to sixteenth in the world. And somebody tweeted this time last year I was outside the top one hundred, you know, so to think where I've come, how far I've come in a year, um, it's pretty mind blowing if you really have to look at it. So I think the way I'm improving um you know a good goal would be maybe to get into the top 10 but yeah we can only focus from week to week
0: nothing's impossible when you look at the game of golf, the lpga tour seems to be really solid and it seems to be riding the crest of a wave at mm-hmm. the moment there's some amazing golfers and then the men's game with live golf and the uspga tour and the dp world tour when you look from the outside in as a professional female golfer do you not kind of like sometimes scratch your head and say, What are these guys getting up to? Just play the game.
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, I think we all have to find a way to work together for the greater good of the game. Um so I am I've said, you know, I'm lucky to be playing in their era I'm planning. We're playing for the most money we've ever played for. Obviously we still feel we're not playing for enough, um, because we do the same amount of work as the men. Uh, we play the same amount of rounds as the men. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to sponsorship and TV time. Um, But, you know, I'm very grateful, like I said, to be playing during this era. And it's because of the era that played before us. And the era that comes after me will be even in a better position. So, you know, it's a good time to be a professional um, female golfer.
0: You make an absolutely valid point by the fact that you guys play the same amount of rounds. You hit the ball as far as some of the men do. And you have to get out there and compete like they do. And then you look at the ladies' mm. tennis tour and you go, but hold on a second, they get the same amount of prize money at Wimbledon, the US Open, the Aussie Open, and the French Open, and they only play three mm-hmm. sets, the men play five sets. <laughs> it must make you a little bit, I wouldn't say jealous, but you must be wondering to yourself, why is it like that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the reason it is like that, its if you think about it, it's, it's one setup. And it's one TV setup and it's all ours you know, they play one female match, one male match. So that's why they can do it. You know, if we had to maybe do that, we're going to play for the first time with the PGA Tour at the end of the year. There was the Scandinavian tournament last year where the men and women played together. When I played in Australia, we played in our separate tournaments, but you had the men's Aussie Open and the women's Aussie Open playing on the same courses, and the atmosphere was unbelievable. You had one female group, one male group, and spectators were getting to watch the best of both worlds. Um, So I think the weeks we play like that, um, we will be able to play for the same amount of money like we did in Australia and in Scandinavia. But until that happens, unfortunately, It's just all about viewership and we still don't get as much viewership as the men.
0: I wonder if you watched any of the players on Sunday evening. I mean, Mm -hmm. can you imagine playing in front of a raucous crowd (laughs) like that? How on earth do you concentrate?
1: Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, But at the same time, I would love to be able to do it. It would be such a cool feeling.
0: Well, I can't say this is going to be your year because 2022 was your year. Let's hope 2023 (laughs) is even bigger and even better. Ashley Vryer, always an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Nice to see you back in the country. And I couldn't be more happy for you winning the South African Open, the Investec South African Open, but minus 22. What an incredible achievement. I know it's difficult and it's a long way to go, but uh, will we see you back next year?
1: Um, I will definitely, I'd love to defend uh, and hopefully the schedule, if it's in the same spot, then I will be back.
0: <laughs> and we'll make sure the wind doesn't blow if again or another
1: beautiful place. <laughs> that would be Cape nice.
0: <laughs> would it be nice for you to stay another week in Cape Town rather than four days? In yes, but I, understand I agree. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> it's always a pleasure chatting to you on from the boardroom to the locker room and until next time when hopefully there's another... Big tournament under your belt. We wish you all the best for
1: 2023.
0: Thank you very much. As always, Ashdu is so nice to chat to her on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Professional, what a pro and what an ambassador for this beautiful country of ours. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. As always, be nice to each other. Bye-bye.